Amy, we've got a bunch of little nieces and nephews between us, but we've also got a catch-all gift that all of our siblings love for their newborns. You're totally right, and it's Pampers Swaddlers, because Pampers Swaddlers wick wetness away to keep babies drier and subsequently parents happier. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better versus the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic and they're free of parabens and latex. Now you can try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes won't tear. In fact, they grip mess, shall we say, more firmly and clean better, leaving baby skin dry, soft, and smooth. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers Cash has no cash value. Hello and welcome to Ask Margaret from What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the face of motherhood, solving your parenting dilemmas one question at a time. Today's listener question asks, do you have any tips for preschool drop-off when kiddo gets shy, nervous, or refuses to go in? Our little one occasionally gave us a hard time at preschool drop-offs pre-COVID, and with pre-K starting in a few weeks, I want to have a whole toolbox ready of things to try to help those first drop-offs run smoothly. Um, this is an interesting question and I picked it because I was just having this conversation. I have a sister-in-law who's struggling with this and I was saying to my husband, I don't think we ever had kids who struggled at drop-off. And he kind of looked at me like I had 10 heads and said, we definitely had a kid who struggled at drop-off. You were completely traumatized by it and you talked about it all the time. And I thought, oh, I guess this is like not that lingering an experience for me because once he reminded me, I was like, oh yeah, I do kind of remember him clinging to me and screaming like a monkey and being peeled off of me. Um, I would say the biggest most important piece of advice, which is slightly in contrast to your question, is I don't know how much you really can prepare for this. I think it's a situation where like, if it's a problem, the number one thing you have to do is work with your child's preschool teacher to figure it out. And that that may involve a lot of like trying different things. So I think the biggest thing is not playing into it yourself. So you got to let go of all of the like, I'm a bad parent for dropping my kid off. I'm a bad parent because my kid is the only one who is here crying. The preschool teachers have never seen anything as terrible as my child at drop off in the way that they behave. None of those things are true. So like cross those off your mind and out of your equation, because I guarantee you that the preschool teacher has seen a whole lot more crazy than your kid. And so then you make your preschool teacher a real partner in this and you really have to observe what's going on and react to it. That's going to be the key. So, okay, the kid's always having the worst time on Monday. Then you might write down for a week, like which days were hard and which days were easier. So if it's Friday, it's like, okay, they're just tired at the end of the week. That makes drop off hard on Fridays. One day a week of bad drop off is not hard. Maybe Monday is hard because it's after the weekend and they're having a hard time. Maybe they always have a hard drop off if they didn't sleep well the night before, if they didn't have a good breakfast. And so by really like keeping a journal about how it's going for the first couple of weeks, I think you can start to analyze like where your possible fixes come in. Um, I will link to an article from whattoexpect.com. 
And their first point, they must be geniuses because they agree with me, check in with the teachers. And another thing that they suggest that is crucial is for the teachers to let you know how long this is going on. So if you have a kid who's crying for three hours after drop-off for an extended period of time, that is a problem you're going to have to address, probably on a larger scale. Maybe that kid is not ready for a full-day preschool. Maybe a lot of different things are going on. Most kids are getting dropped off. They're crying for a while, possibly quite hysterically. And then 15 minutes later, they're engaged and playing. And that's no big deal. And so get lots of information from the kid's teacher and then make sure you know how much of a problem this is. So like extended crying, we might have a problem. We might have to talk about whether or not they're not ready, but a little crying every day, you're both going to survive it. It's going to be fine. Their other tips are maybe trying to wake up a little bit earlier, having a really strong morning routine. Um, this is advice that I'm like, uh, no, thank you. I like to get up at the last possible second and throw one in the car with like a little bit of breakfast. But you know, hungry and tired kids are going to have a lot more of an emotional reaction than well-fed kids who've had a little bit of time to like wake up and accept the day. And so as much as I dislike this advice personally, it probably is good. And then they have the tip of the security object. I think that can work. I think sometimes this is where I kind of read some of this advice and I'm like, yeah, I have a kid who like, I put a magic kiss in your hand. They would have like thrown the kiss in my face and been like, no, I just want to come home. So This kind of advice, if it works for your kid, it's great. And if it doesn't work for your kid, I would go back to the teacher and say, like, we tried maybe a security object. Maybe there's a bear that they like to have with them. You might try things like that. And there's tips in this article that might help. But I kind of look at some of them and I'm like, "Eh, I don't know that my kid would have gone for that. That's where I go back to the teacher. And then their big tip, and this is my big takeaway. And and I I speak to you from, um, I am the ghost of uh, older kid future. Don't lean into this. I think that the more emotionally upset it makes you, the more your kid thinks they have something to fear. I would avoid saying things to your kid like, you're so brave and so big. I know you can do it because you're kind of hinting and suggesting to your kid that like, this is something that you need to be really brave for. And it's not It's just time at Mrs. Smith's house or Happy Valley daytime school, whatever, where it is they're going. Like, it's school time and this is where we're going and this is what we're doing. Oh, I know you don't want to leave mom, but look at all the exciting things you're going to get to do today. Oh, I think you're going to get to do clay today. And that you kind of, my favorite advice ever, you're kind of blank facing all the emotionality around it because the more you play into oh, you're just, you're going to be brave and you're going to separate from me and then you get emotional, it's going to make the situation worse. So I think as much as you can, you're a neutral and a positive about what's going on. And your kid is getting more and more used to the drop-off and you're keeping track of what's making the drop-off hard and you're adapting and finding solutions to that on a daily basis in close partnership with the preschool teacher. And I think if you do all of those things, listen, it's not going to go great. You're going to have a couple days of pulling the claw monkey off of you as they cry. They're going to survive that too. And when you get to be an old lady like me, you're going to be like, huh, was it bad? I don't really remember it. Um, I hope that helps. If you have a question for myself or Amy, you can send them to questions at whatforshelppodcast.com. You can also ask them on our Facebook group or on our Instagram page, and you might hear your question answered on an upcoming episode. Thanks for listening. 
everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory. Two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And this is our new podcast, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. What happens when your creative spark just seems to disappear? Gone. Poof. Bye. See ya. What happens when life gets in the way of your creativity instead of nourishing it? That's what happened to Molly and me. We felt like the thing that drove us creatively stopped working and impending doom had in fact invented. Totally. So we decided to do something about it. And that was steal ideas about getting unstuck from the most creative people we can find. We talked to guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. And we're not just talking Bob Ross type paint on paper artists here, though we talk to them too. We're talking to actors, creative directors, dancers, and people who are working hard to be their best creative selves in a world that can sometimes feel real uncreative. We all have something to teach each other, so let's steal their ideas together. Join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Pandemics, school calendars, world events, lack of sleep, oh, get out of their life gunk. And let's get back to your best creative self. Subscribe to Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. You're not going to want to miss an episode. Unsticking It with Blair and Molly, because sometimes life sucks. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy.